Section 15 of A Guide to Modern Cookery, Part 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Malone. A Guide to Modern Cookery, Part 1, by Auguste Escoffier. Translated by James B. Herndon, Jr. Chapter 10, Part 3, Leading Culinary Operations. 249. Poachings. However nonsensical it may sound, the best possible definition of a poaching is a boiling that does not boil. The term poach is extended to all slow processes of cooking which involve the use of a liquor, however small. Thus the term poach applies to the cooking of courbouillon of large pieces of turbot and salmon, as well as to fillets of sole cooked with a little fish fumet, to hot mousseline and mousse cooked in moulds, to quenelles which are cooked in salted water, to eggs announced as poached, to creams, various royales, and so on. It will readily be seen that among so many different products, the time allowed for the cooking, in each case, must differ sometimes widely from the rest. The treatment of them all, however, is subject to this unalterable principle, namely, that the poaching liquor must not boil, though it should reach a degree of heat as approximate as possible to boiling point. Another principle is that large pieces of fish or poultry be set to boil in cold liquor, after which the latter is brought to the required temperature as rapidly as possible. The case may be the same with fillet of sole or poultry, which are poached almost dry but all other preparations whose mode of cooking is poaching gain by being immersed in liquor which has reached the required temperature beforehand having regard to the multitudinous forms and kinds of products that are poached it would be somewhat difficult to state here the details and peculiarities proper to each in the matter of poaching I think, therefore, I should do better to leave these details to the respective recipes of each product, though it will now be necessary to disclose the way of poaching poultry, if only with a view to thoroughly acquainting the reader with the theory propounded above. Properly prepare the piece of poultry to be poached, and truss it with its feet folded back alongside of the breast. If it is to be stuffed, this should be done before trussing. If it is to be larded or studded, either with truffles, ham, or tongue, rub it when trussed on the fillet and legs with half a lemon, and dip the same portions of its body, namely those to be larded or studded, for a few moments in boiling white stock. The object of this operation is to slightly stiffen the skin, thus facilitating the larding or studding. The Cooking of the Piece of Poultry Having stuffed, larded, or studded it, 
if necessary, and having in any case trussed it, place it in a receptacle just large enough to hold it, and moisten with some excellent white stock previously prepared. Set to boil, skim, put the lid on, and continue the cooking at a low simmer. It is useless to work too quickly, as the operation would not be shortened a second by so doing. The only results would be, one, too violent evaporation, which would reduce the liquor and disturb its limpidness. Two, the running of a considerable risk of bursting the piece of poultry, especially when the latter is stuffed. The fowl, or whatever it may be, is known to be cooked when, after pricking the thick of the leg close to the drumstick, the issuing liquid is white. Remarks A. The need of poaching poultry in a receptacle just large enough to hold the piece is accounted for as follows. 1. The piece must be wholly immersed in the stock during the cooking process. 2. As the liquor used is afterwards served as an accompanying sauce to the dish, the less there is of it, the more saturated does it become with the juices of the meat, and consequently the better it is. b. 1. The white stock used in poaching should be prepared beforehand, and be very clear. 2. If the piece of poultry were set to cook with the products constituting the stock, even if these were more than liberally apportioned, the result would be bad, for inasmuch as a fowl, for example, can only take one and one-half hours at the most to cook, and the time required for extracting the nutritious and aromatic principles from the constituents of the stock would be at least six hours, it follows that the fowl would be cooking in little more than hot water, and the resulting sauce would be quite devoid of savor. 250. Poellings. Poellings are, practically speaking, roasts, for the cooking periods of each are the same except that the former are cooked entirely or almost entirely with butter. They represent a simplified process of old cookery, which consisted in enveloping the object to be treated, after frying it, in a thick coating of matignon. It was then wrapped with thin slices of pork fat, covered with buttered paper, placed in the oven or on a spit, and basted with melted butter while it cooked. This done, its grease was drained away, and the vegetables of the matignon were inserted in the braising pan wherein the piece had cooked, or in a saucepan, and were moistened with excellent Madeira or highly seasoned stock. Then, when the liquor had thoroughly absorbed the aroma of the vegetables, it was strained, and its grease was removed just before dishing up. This excellent method is worthy of continued use in the case of large pieces of poultry. Preparation of Poelled Meats Place in the bottom of a deep and thick receptacle, 
just large enough to hold the piece to be poelled, a layer of raw matignon, number 227. The meat or piece of poultry is placed on the vegetables after it has been well seasoned and is copiously sprinkled with melted butter. Cover the utensil and push it into an oven whose heat is not too fierce. Set it to cook gently in this way after the manner of a stew and frequently sprinkle with melted butter. When the meats or the pieces of poultry are cooked, the utensil is uncovered, so that the former may acquire a fine color. When they are transferred to a dish which should be kept covered until taken to the table. Now add to the vegetables, which must not be burned, a sufficient quantity of brown veal stock, number nine, transparent and highly seasoned. Set the whole to boil gently for ten minutes. Strain through a serviette. Carefully remove all grease from the poelling stock and send it to the table in a sauce boat at the same time as the meat or poultry, which, by the by, is generally garnished. Remarks on Poellings it is of paramount importance that these be not moistened during the process of cooking, for in that case their savor would be the same as that of braised white meats. Nevertheless, an exception may be made in the case of such feathered game as pheasants, partridges, and quails, to which is added, when nearly cooked, a small quantity of burnt brandy. It is also very important that the vegetables should not have their grease removed before their moistening stock is added to them. The butter used in the cooking absorbs a large proportion of the savor of both the vegetables and the meat under treatment, and to make good this loss, it is essential that the moistening stock remain at least ten minutes in contact with the butter. At the end of this time it may be removed without in the least impairing the aroma of the stock. Special boilings, known as en casserole or en cocotte, the preparations of butcher's meats, of poultry or game, known as en casserole or en cocotte, are actually poilings cooked in special earthenware utensils and served in the same Generally, preparations known as en casserole are simply cooked in butter without the addition of vegetables. When the cooking is done, the piece under treatment is withdrawn for a moment, and some excellent brown veal stock, number nine, is poured into the utensil. This is left to simmer for a few minutes. The superfluous butter is then removed. The piece is returned to the earthenware utensil, and it is kept hot, without being allowed to boil, until it is dished up. For preparations termed en cocotte, the procedure is the same, except that the piece is garnished with such vegetables as mushrooms, the bottoms of artichokes, small onions, carrots, turnips, and so on, which are either turned or regularly pared, 
and half-cooked in butter before being used. One should endeavor to use only fresh vegetables, and these should be added to the piece constituting the dish in such wise as to complete their cooking with it. The earthenware utensils used for this purpose improve with use, provided they be cleaned with clean fresh water, without any soda or soap. If new utensils have to be used, these should be filled with water, which is set to boil, and they should then undergo at least twelve hours soaking. For the prescribed time, this water should be kept gently boiling, and then the utensils should be well wiped and soaked anew in fresh water before being used. 251. The Sauté what characterizes the process we call sauté is that the object treated is cooked dry, that is to say, solely by means of a fatty substance such as butter, oil, or grease. Sauté are made with cut-up fowl or game, or with butcher's meat suitably divided up for the purpose. All products treated in this way must be frizzled, that is to say, they must be put into the fat when it is very hot, in order that a hardened coating may form around them, which will keep their juices within. This is more particularly desirable for red meats such as beef and mutton. The cooking of fowl sauté must, after the meats have been frizzled, be completed on the stove or, with lid off, in the oven where they should be basted with butter, after the manner of a roast. The pieces are withdrawn from the utensil with a view to swilling the latter, after which, if they be put back into the sauce or accompanying garnish, they should only remain therein a few moments or just sufficiently long to become properly warm. The procedure is the same for game sauté. Sautés of butcher's meats, red meats, such as tournado, kernels, cutlets, fillets, and noisettes, are always affected on the stove. The meats are frizzled and cooked with a small quantity of clarified butter. The thinner and smaller they are, the more rapidly should the frizzling process be affected. When blood appears on the surface of their raw side, they should be turned over. When drops of blood begin to bedew the other side, they are known to be cooked. The swelling of the utensil obtains in all sauté. After having withdrawn the treated product from the saucepan, remove the grease and pour the condimentary liquid, a wine, that forms part of the accompanying sauce, into the saucepan. Set to boil, so that the solidified gravy lying on the bottom may dissolve, and add the sauce, or simply add the swilling liquid to the prepared sauce or accompanying garnish of the sauté. The utensil used must always be just large enough to hold the objects to be treated. If it is too large, the parts left uncovered by the treated meats burn, and swilling is then impossible, 
whence there results a loss of the solidified gravy, which is an important constituent in the sauce. Sautés of white butcher's meats, such as veal and lamb, must also be frizzled in hot fat, but their cooking must be completed gently on the other side of the fire, and in many cases with lid on. Preparations of a mixed nature, which partly resemble sauté and partly braisings, are also called sauté. Stews, however, is their most suitable name. These dishes are made from beef, veal, lamb, game, and so on, and they are to be found in Part Two, under the headings Estufade, Goula, Sauté, Chausseur, Marengo, Bourgeoise, Navarin, Civet, and so on. In the first stage of their preparation, these meats are cut up small and fried like those of the sauté. In the second, slow cooking with sauce or garnish makes them akin to the braised meats. End of section 15. Reading by Malone.